Hey, you're listening to the audio version of Well Read with Justin Chapman. If you'd like to watch the video version, please go to youtube.com backslash C backslash Justin Chapman 15 or just search for Well Read with Justin Chapman in the YouTube search bar. Learn more at justindouglaschapman.com. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Justin Chapman, and this is the third episode of my new show, Well Read with Justin Chapman. The federal government's social distancing guidelines have expired, and more than half of U.S. states are beginning to reopen. It's a patchwork of different guidelines across the country. But not a single one of them have met the 14-day drop in COVID-19 cases that medical experts recommend before reopening. We'll find out soon enough, in about two to three weeks, if this will result in a surge of cases in those states. It's like governors are playing Russian roulette with their citizens' lives. According to the New York Times, senior Trump administration officials are pressuring U.S. intelligence agencies to look for evidence that supports an unsubstantiated theory that a Chinese government lab in Wuhan, China, was the origin of the coronavirus outbreak. Luckily, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence said it agrees with the scientific consensus that the virus was not man-made or genetically modified. But this is clearly a baldly political strategy and a cynical one at that, while the Trump campaign develops ads trying to tie Joe Biden to China. Let's take a look at the latest COVID-19 numbers. According to John Hopkins University, worldwide there are 3.3 million cases and 238,000 deaths. In the US, there are 1.1 million cases and 65,000 deaths. In LA County, there are 23,000 cases and 1,100 deaths. In Pasadena, there are 411 cases and 52 deaths. 30 million Americans have filed for unemployment in the past few weeks. And the true unemployment numbers are likely much higher than that. But Kushner said the federal government's response has been a success story, so we can all go home. This is why we need competent leadership in the White House. This is why you don't elect someone who has no governing experience just to own the libs and disrupt the, st the status quo. Do you get it now? Meanwhile, more and more information keeps dripping out about Tara Reid's sexual assault allegation against Joe Biden. We saw him finally come out on May 1st and deny the allegation. Will that be enough? We'll see. Although the Trump campaign is not going to stop talking about this anytime soon, all while conveniently ignoring the two dozen women who have accused Trump of sexual assault and harassment, and rape, by the way. What is this world? There are hundreds of billions of stars in the Milky Way alone, and this is our reality? The observable universe has a diameter of 93 billion light years not to mention the potentially infinite number of multiverses. And those of us alive right now have to deal with Trump and COVID-19 at the same time? What the hell is happening? The question is, do we live in a quilt multiverse in which every possible event will occur an infinite number of times? In which case, then yeah, this situation we're in is one of the infinitely possible events. But still, why now and why us? Or do we live in a quantum multiverse 
in which new universes are created when a diversion in events occurs? If so, does that mean we have some influence on how things are going to go? Or are we in an inflationary multiverse, which is composed of various pockets in which inflation fields collapse and form new universes? Wouldn't that be a trip? Some quick side notes before we move on. The White House is blocking Dr. Anthony Fauci from testifying before a House panel that's investigating the coronavirus outbreak and response. Nothing to see here, folks. Kim Jong-un reportedly made his first public appearance in three weeks, ending speculation that he's dead. He visited a fertilizer factory, for, for what it's worth, according to North Korean state media, for what that's worth as well. I've been talking a lot about mental health issues related to the pandemic, so I wanted to share with you all this online course from Yale University I've been taking called The Science of Wellbeing. It's a free 10-week course exploring what the new results in psychological science teach us about how to be happier and how to feel less stressed. You then put these scientific findings into practice by building the sorts of habits that will allow us to live a happier and more fulfilling life. You can find more about it on Coursera.org. Lastly, I wanted to let you know about this article I read in National Geographic. Apparently, nearly every human being has hundreds or thousands of microscopic eight-legged mites living in the pores of our faces. They're tiny arachnids related to spiders and ticks. They were first discovered in the 1800s and were thought to be signs of medical problems. But dermatologists now say that they might actually help us by eating harmful bacteria in our pores and dead skin. What's more, DNA research has revealed that face mites have evolved so closely with their human hosts that there are now four distinct lineages of mites with European, Asian, Latin American, and African ancestry. News you can use. On that note, I think it's time we checked in with our senior influencer correspondent, Brad the Influencer. Bradford? Hey guys, welcome back. Today's, I got an exciting uh, video for you. Um, a lot of you have been asking about my um, my hair routines and where I go to get my hair cut. Well, I got a big surprise for you guys today, and I think everybody's going to think it's really cool. So, um, check this out. Check this out. If you go, my place is Supercuts. So if you go to Supercuts, they will um, hook you up with this really cool look where they kind of forget to fade in this side, you know, as opposed to this side. Really cool, I love it. Thank you so much, Supercuts. Thanks, guys. Let's patch in our guest, Andre Coleman. Andre is the managing editor of Pasadena Now, an online news site that publishes news daily. Go to PasadenaNow.com to learn more. Andre, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Justin, it's good to see you. Before Pasadena Now, he served as the longtime deputy editor at the Pasadena Weekly. And in fact, that's where he and I met all the way back in January 2005, which unbelievably is more than 15 years ago now. I was a journalist wow. at Pasadena City College, and I emailed Andre about interning at the paper. He told me to come by the newsroom, and he put me to work right away. He and the editor, Kevin Urich, taught me everything I know about journalism, and they started publishing my work immediately. Uh, Andre, do you remember my very first story? You and I shared a byline on it. I don't remember your first story, but I would have guessed we shared a byline because that was usually the protocol to, you know, kind of share bylines early on. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It was a story that happened out in Kern County. 
All right, so I'll, I'll read I'll read the first couple paragraphs. <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead. Josh, your memory. So um, it was published March 10th, 2005. The headline uh, was uh, Chimps Gone Wild. Saint James, I remember. St. <laughs> James and LaDonna <laughs> were attacked March 3rd by two chimpanzees, Buddy and Mo. Ollie, as yep. the couple prepared to celebrate the birthday of their adopted chimp, Mo, at the Animal Haven Ranch in Caliente, Kern County. The two chimps inexplicably mauled and mutilated the 62-year-old St. James Davis, who lost an eye, part of his nose, and suffered severe damage to his cheek and lips in the attack. The chimps also bit off all of St. James Davis's fingers, his left foot, his testicles, and damaged his buttocks. That's a whole lot for a piece of birthday cake. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that story, though, man. I I remember when we were working on that, actually, now that you you do mention. I wonder how it's been a uh, long time ago. I wonder how how poor St. James Davis is doing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was that must yeah. So do I. Um, be a good follow up to do, I guess. After all this time, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, so on a more serious note, how, how has the pandemic impacted you personally? You were already working from home, right? Yeah, I had been working from home when we started covering it. Literally right about a month when we did our earliest stories and that was before daily coverage when we kind of were just dropping a story here and there and i've been home i've been working from home and it passed now for about a month mm-hmm. um and was it a difficult transition from the weekly to pasadena now how did the media landscape and pasadena change when you made that switch well you know to be frank with you at by by the time i made the jump well look i knew i was going to make the jump because probably a month and a half before I even announced I was going to make that jump, uh, they were moving the weekly from Pasadena to South Pasadena. And as part of that move, you know, you, you worked at the weekly, you've been in the office. We had these big bound copies of the weekly and those bound copies were, that's, that's the history of Pasadena. And I remember you, you working on a history of the weekly or something like that for one of our issues and you going through those. Yeah. Well, they told us, uh, you can't take those. We're going to shred them. Wow. And Kevin and I argued with them the whole thing. And it's like, you don't even realize what this is. They were like, no, we know what's in there. They just didn't care. Wow. So to make a long story short, we gave, they told us we could keep one year. We gave every other one of those to the Pasadena Public Library. That's but a good for it. But that sealed my resolve because mm-hmm. they didn't care about what we built. Yeah. That's what that said to me. Right. They didn't care, care about what came before them. Mm-hmm. And so Kevin and I were the only two kind of sitting there after everything had been boxed up. And I didn't say anything to him, but I knew in my head, my t- time has come. They got, these guys don't care. Yeah. And I later learned after I left that Kevin took the last year 2019 to the library because he didn't think it was safe in the new location. Mm-hmm. So they have all of the bound copies, but how did it change the landscape? I don't want to toot my own horn, but toot toot. <laughs> uh, the weekly was the best publication in Pasadena because of you, uh, me, Joe Pisecki, Carl Kozlowski, and Kevin Urich. Yeah. Um, I left when they 
stop paying freelancers. Yeah. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, for Kevin or for, for anybody, but if you want to, you know, comment on that and obviously you can, that was a, a deciding factor to me. And I went to Pasadena now and Pasadena now it never reached its full potential. It still hasn't. We're on our way there, but Pasadena now, as far as I'm concerned is now the top publication in, uh, in the city and it's improving all the time. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was fun while it lasted at the weekly. It was a great time. Yeah. And if they had let us continue to do the kind of journalism we always did, investigative, long feature pieces, mm-hmm. and stayed out of our way, I probably never would have left. But And paid freelancers. But yeah. I can't do that to people. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they told me how the freelance pay was going to go, so I told other people. And then when they didn't do that, those people aren't calling them. Those people are calling me. And you know what? Those people have families. They have rent to pay and bills to pay, just like I do. So. I can't co-sign on that and yeah. be okay with it. For sure. And, and the, uh, the, the old issues, uh, you know, the, the story I was working on, uh, what, uh, you know, uh, showed that the Pasadena Weekly actually links back all the way to 1929. As yeah, and, that, and that's all the history names, uh, that for, they were going to just shred. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, really sad. Um, and, um, you, you know, in general, we see print newspapers, including... Uh, alternative news weeklies, you know, dropping left and right because of the pandemic, but also before that, you know, right. for example, LA Weekly uh, was six pages last week during 420, their biggest advertising week of the year. But what kind of future do papers like the Passing Weekly, Passing Star News, and others like those have now? If they cannot get it together, well, first off, let me say this. This is just a little pet peeve thing. Anybody who has a paywall up is a moron. <laughs> You're not going to make any money off of it, any real money. Let, let, let me say that first. Second, um, Pasadena, L.A., uh, we'll just choose Pasadena, L.A. These places are so close together that most likely if the L.A. Times has covered a story, the weekly, the Star News, Pasadena Now, or any of the other dozen, uh, you know, three or four outlets have probably covered that story also. Mm-hmm. So if you have a paywall up, a paywall would work fine if you were the only game in town. But if you have a paywall up, somebody's going to go, well, I can read it for free elsewhere, and they're going to go to that that place. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a bad business model, A. Um, I think that papers have to differentiate themselves and find a way to uh, do something unique. The problem is, and as you well know, um, great example, the Joan Williams story. Whenever you do a great, great story, somebody else is biting off of it. Right. By the time you're being congratulated for it, somebody else is already you know, figuring out ways to either steal it, which means they're not going to do their own research mm-hmm. or to follow up on it, you know? So it's hard for them to differentiate from each other. That's the first problem. The weekly had the best chance because the weekly was, we could do long investigative feature stories and not report everybody else because we didn't have to have it done by five o'clock that day. Right. Um, but now they don't have the space to do that. So everybody is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Literally everybody is in trouble. They were in trouble before. Uh, um, this really just highlights the frailties uh, of print media is, is what's going on. You have papers take, you have reporters taking huge pay cuts. You have reporters being furloughed. Um, three papers shut down and then a publisher bought the titles. I don't know if he bought the assets, but he's not hiring anybody back from what I understand. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really do the reporters any good. But, you know, when these papers go away, it hurts communities. 
every time. Mm-hmm. At a time when journalism is needed more than ever. Right, right. And that's what people don't understand is, you know, I always say this, it's in the First Amendment for a reason. Freedom of press is in the first one, not the last one. Um, our elected officials, our high-paying city officials, our police, we could go down the list. They need to be held accountable. What stories are you working on right now for passing in now? What are we going to see in the next few days? Well, I'll tell you what's been really interesting is, uh, and I don't mind saying this uh, on the air, uh, I told my guys two weeks ago, we do have to cover COVID-19, obviously, but let's also start talking about the recovery and start looking for non-COVID stories. Mm-hmm. And that time we've done uh, some really good coverage of the Planning Commission returning and cannabis returning to the forefront of the political discussion. Uh, those have been good stories. We're going back to deep dives into City Hall as soon as this is over. But City Hall is open, but it's not a fully, it's, it's open and it's functioning, but, but everybody's do, you know working from home. Right. So going back, we're going to be going back to that stuff and just doing what we always did before, which is strong, uh, strong journalism. The column is going well. Uh, that's one of the most uh, well-read pieces on the site, which is what I hope for. Um, so really the kind of stuff, you know, we've always done. But I do think we're going to have to start doing some reporting on journalism itself here, here real, real soon with everything that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. What's your uh, prediction for the mayor's race? Wow. You know, these things usually go like this. I'm not, you think I'm not going to give you an answer. I am going to give you an answer. These things usually go, go, go like this. Uh, Whoever is leading, whoever has the lead when the, when the first election end, they don't lose it in the runoff. What happens to change people's minds? So it's probably Gordo's to lose at this point is what I would say. Um, so before we wrap up, Andre, are, are you reading anything right now? Any good books? Uh, this is going to surprise you. I have, uh, throughout my most of my life, I've kept a subscription to Batman with DC Comics. I just renewed that about two weeks ago to go back to you know one of my old faithful to kind of get the imagination rolling. I'm rereading To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, I'm going to read Invisible Man. So I'm reading a lot of literature and stuff just about kind of the African-American experience right now. I've finished since this whole thing started. I built a computer, which I've never done before. Kind of one of my dream things that I wanted to do. I uh, finished a film script, which has kind of been a dream of mine that I wanted to do. And I've kind of played around with that a little bit. So I've got those two things going, writing writing a novel, some stuff like that. So I think when you're creative, this kind of thing isn't necessarily the, when do I get to go back outside? I'm kind of like in a, please don't make me go back outside kind of mode right now because yeah. I'm getting so much accomplished is what's going on. So, and you know, I'm really, I don't want to say taking this in, but I do realize that everybody going through this right now, including you and I have never gone through it before. Um, when 9-11 happened, you had a whole generation who had gone through Pearl Harbor. So they were kind of comparing it that way. Right. Nobody's gone through this. And anybody who did go through this in, in 1918 was so young, they don't remember it. Mm-hmm. So part of me also is understanding the history of the moment here kind of thing and trying to relate that to my daughter, to my 11-year-old, because uh, uh, we'll probably 
I don't know if we'll ever have a safer at home quarantine or lockdown again, but um, we will probably, we're probably not done with the coronavirus. You know, it'll probably be a second wave of this. I think the COVID idiot in the White House is probably trying to reopen the nation way too soon. And, um, you know, I, I really, I really hope we don't see millions of people die because you have a bunch of governors want to make, you know, restart their economies and, and make some cash kind of thing. And, and I have some fears about the November election, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I do too. You know, how many people are going to vote? It's a scary time. Yeah. Well, no, listen, man, I mean, I'm glad you had me on, you know, uh, thanks so much. Super proud of you. You know, you've always been a go-getter. Uh, people just, it, it makes me sad to see what's going on at the, at the weekly. I do feel like, and this, this isn't saying anything about anybody else. I do feel like karma or destiny or fate moved me at the right time mm-hmm. kind of thing, because I was really, I, I, I still get along with everybody well who was there. I still love everybody who was there. And I, I'll even say this, to be honest with you, the new management treated me very, very well for the most part. But I think what I think journalism is and what they think journalism is, I think those two things don't match up. And, yeah. you know, instead of arguing about the baby, um, what Kevin Urich, Justin Chapman, Carl Kozlowski, Joe Pisecki, and Andre Coleman created, uh, this is what I told people on my way out the door, that's already gone. Yeah. You know, if, if people are trying to protect that, sadly, you know, that's not with us anymore. And, you know, it, it's good to see, like, you creating a show uh, that I can go to Pasadena now and try to create something there. And mm-hmm. I think it's going well so far. And the response has been great. And, you know, I just hope we can continue to go do good work there. Absolutely. I totally agree. Onward. Yeah. That's the only way to go. <laughs> well, Andrea, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. Say hello to the family. We got to do this again. Absolutely. Thanks. All man. right. Take it easy. Thank you all for tuning into my show. If you need recommendations for good reads, I suggest you check out Norman Oler's Blitzed, Drugs in the Third Reich, which explores Hitler's and the Nazis' obsession with drugs. The book documents how everyone from Nazi soldiers conducting Blitzkrieg to German housewives were consuming methamphetamines at an alarming rate, and that Hitler's personal doctor injected him daily with a cocktail of drugs, including Eucadol, a cousin of heroin and that he died an addict in the throes of withdrawal. I also recommend Susan Orlean's The Library Book. She's the author of The Orchid Thief, which was made into the Charlie Kaufman movie adaptation. In The Library Book, she explores the mystery of the 1986 fire that destroyed most of the LA Central Library. And she also looks at the history of that library and how libraries in general have evolved over time. Two really interesting reads. Okay, let's check in with our senior toddler correspondent, Sienna. Is that yummy? Mm-hmm. Thank you for that report, Sienna. Stay tuned for new episodes of Well Read every week or two. You can find this show on YouTube and Pasadena Media, the local public access corporation, which airs this show a couple times a week on the Arroyo channel, which is channel 32 on Charter and Spectrum, 
and 99 on UVerse, as well as on PasadenaMedia.org. So check for showtimes at that website or on my Twitter page at Justin D. Chapman. I'm Justin Chapman, signing off. Learn more about my work at JustinDouglasChapman.com. And remember, a life well read is a life well spent. So go read a book. Till next time.